0: Hey guys, I want to take a moment to apologize to you all for the delay on this episode's release. I had to take a little hiatus and go visit my grandparents, my dad, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, etc, 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 in Mexico. So don't send Tori any hate mail because it's my fault. It wasn't me. It wasn't her, it was me. And I just didn't want to take the chance of getting, you know, the mics and the computers and everything confiscated at the airport. For those of you that don't know, um, airports out there are a little iffy. They tend to quote-unquote misplace things (laughs) from time to time. So, didn't want to risk it. I thought it was of greater value if I made you wait a little bit longer. Um, But anyways... Now that we are back, we are still going to try to keep to our schedule and get you that second episode by Thursday. It'll be a fun episode. Not so much research. I know we've been like drowning you guys with a bunch of We got to keep heavy. the balance, baby. Yeah. Heavy heavy research ones. So this one's going to be a little more lighthearted, a little funner. Um so sit- stay tuned for that. But also, the Facebook page is up and running, guys. <laughs> and generational curses is a huge topic. Obviously, we can't fit everything we wanted to talk about into this one episode. So if you guys want to continue the conversation on that, go ahead and do so. Um, we hope that you guys are trying to discuss this or even respond to our perspectives that we're showing here on the podcast And we're going to start posting a bunch of fun memes that go with every topic that we talk about. And it'll be a great time. But just remember to keep it respectful. We will block you and remove you from the page if you are being nasty. Um, No negative nancies. All right, guys. So if you want to check out the Facebook page, you can go to Facebook and search Conceptual Chaos Podcast in order to start joining those discussions with worldwide listeners. Tell us where you're from. All right, so with that, let's begin the show. And I'm Tori. And you're listening to The, the Conceptual, Conceptual Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to episode five. Woo woo! Episode five. Thank you for making it this far.
1: Honestly,
0: <laughs> people, we were looking at our um, dashboard here and we just found out that we went international. Woo woo woo. Woo woo woo. <laughs> They're listening to us all over the world now multiple countries um so we just wanted to give a shout out to guatemala (laughs) the newest country to (laughs) listen in um and then we also had just a few little things to discuss Uh, we just wanted to let you guys know that the facebook page is up um we're going to start posting content and we're going to have a lot of cool little discussions on there so Make sure that you add us, that you participate on the discussions. It'll be really fun, I promise you.
1: Yes. And we are working on getting on Apple Podcasts. I've had a couple of you guys ask me about it, and it's in the works. So stay
0: tuned for that. And we're also going to start our Patreon. If you guys are
1: listening and you... Are waiting for your episodes on Fridays, but you know you have a couple days during the week that you want to kill, or you have things that you want to. You. I don't know what I was saying with this. Where was I going with this? <laughs> if you want to hear
0: more of our delightful voices, <laughs> maybe you the week. do,
1: maybe you don't. But if you do, we are going to make a Patreon, and you it will be a subscription, um, per month. So. We'll give you guys more details on that later.
0: Yeah. There'll be all sorts of goodies that we're planning once we get this up and running for you guys. So it'll be a bunch of fun little extras for our listeners because we love you guys. Yay. Yay. We also have a bunch of new listeners in California from different cities. I think there was five new ones, right? Yeah. So again, thank you guys for tuning in, for sharing our podcast um, it's hard to believe that anybody wants to listen to us, but
1: I'm glad you guys do. <laughs> but keep sharing it. Share with a friend. Share with a coworker. Share with your mama. Share with your dad. Pull. We still have my Christmas tree up, but not for long, I guess. I still have mine up too. How long do you guys leave your Christmas trees up? Cause I usually leave it until like the second week of, week of January and then it goes. I leave it until it
0: becomes a fire hazard <laughs> oh, thank God. and it's practically brown. But you're if gonna, I could, I would keep it year-round. You're going to decorate it too.
1: for Valentine's Day. <laughs>
0: oh, that'd be cute. Just every holiday? Imagine. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, I might do
1: that. <laughs> Mine hasn't even uh, looked like it started to wilt or anything. Like It hardly has fallen from the bottom. Do you water yours? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> oh, you don't I water don't, it? I, know. Oh.
0: I put water like the first day that we get it, and that's about it. Oh, I'm always watering my shit. Yeah.
1: But. But. Anyway, this episode is going to be on generational curses. Let's hop right in. (laughs) So as per every episode, we're going to go ahead and do the introduction as to what is a generational curse.
0: So what is a generational curse? Dr. Daniel Eugene a licensed social worker and also the assistant professor at Texas at Arlington School of Social Work defines it as referring to a negative cycle or behavioral patterns, practices, or mindsets that are transmitted from generation to generation per her fieldwork in social work. Um, so maybe we should go into a few of these articles that we found because it can give a little bit more insight and also, there's some breaking scientific news on what happens with traumas and how they can be transmitted from generation to generation physically.
1: Yeah, can they be passed down from one generation to the next? And, for example, stress. So, do you want to go into yours first? Uh, yeah. So, I pulled an article from psychom.net. Um, And it's touching that subject. Um, There's some pretty strong evidence that parental trauma, like stress, uh, can alter how genes are passed down. And so I went ahead and did some research on this, and you did too as well, right? Yeah. And we were just talking about how a growing body of research suggests that trauma, like extreme stress or starvation, among many other things, can be passed from one generation to the next. Here's how. Trauma can leave a chemical mark on a person's genes, which can then be passed down to future generations. So there you go, people. This mark doesn't cause a genetic mutation, but it does alter the mechanism by which the gene is expressed. This alteration is not genetic, but
0: epigenetic? Epigenetic.
1: Epigenetic. So... What What is epigenetic?
0: What all that basically means is that this trait is transmitted through a chemical that gets tied to how our traits are either expressed or not expressed okay so for example um when you stress out this epigenetic chemical that they find Mm -hmm. is either going to release cortisol or it's gonna it's okay it says right here i know what you mean because it says right here
1: um it's the in simplified terms it's the study of The biological control mechanisms of DNA, which is what you said, Mm -hmm. um, the light switches that turns
0: genes on or off.
1: What does that mean? In essence, epigenetics control how or
0: why your genes are expressed. (coughs) Right. So it's the process by which genetic traits become expressed or active or inactive. They're not mutations. So they're not DNA mutations. They're not shaping your DNA into something else just because you've gone through this trauma. It's just a chemical balance that allows traits to either be expressed or not.
1: And um, so these epigenetic studies, it says here, differences among groups who had gone through extreme physical and psychological stress, like Holocaust survivors, those who were born to parents who lived through the Dutch hunger winter, and sons of Confederate prisoner of war soldiers in the American Civil War, all make the case the most clearly but they're not the whole picture. There has also been a lot of work in the lab focused on this phenom- phenomenon, and that work really accelerated after the human, mm-hmm. human Genome Project, which was completed in 2003. Here's a look at what scientists have learned from both studies and experiments.
0: So I can go into some of those studies um, specifically. So the first one I think that they, they started noticing this epigenetic process was, like you said, the Dutch Hunger Winter, right? Which was a period of famine at the end of World War II. Um, and they started looking at children who were in the womb at the time of the famine and studying them years later. And they saw that it um, this chemical mark somehow affected their metabolism. So the frequency that the body burned essential nutrients and proteins Um, wasn't really normal, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these children that were in the womb at the time had this epigenetic signature. Mm -hmm. And um, it, like, led to them having, like, increased body mass as compared to other people that were not in the womb during that time. Like I said, high cholesterol and other health issues later on in their life. Okay. Then there was a study of the descendants of the Holocaust, um, so they studied this, the children of survivors and um, victims of poverty during that time as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they noticed that their response to traumatic events were severely heightened as compared to other children of people that were around during that time, but didn't go through the Holocaust themselves. There was also... I think more recently how you said that, like, they've been doing studies in the lab. That's because um, Moshe Seif says that the results that are seen in mice that are put through trauma. So what they do is they had mice in cages. And on some of the mice, they would, like, rattle their cages or, like, tilt their put cages. Put them through stress, basically. Yeah. At night, they would leave the lights on so they couldn't sleep as compared to the other mice that they did let sleep. And then they let them have offspring. The offspring of the mice that were put through the traumatic events were actually uh, seen to have less of a response when they were put through the same kind of traumas Mm -hmm. as compared to the offspring of the mice that didn't go through that trauma.
2: Mm -hmm. so
0: essentially they were releasing less cortisol i think cortisol is a stress hormone they were releasing less of that and that's measurable right and it happened amongst all of these rats um they said like the study was super consistent that this could actually be a phenomenon and we can be passing down stress or even i mean i don't think they've done a lot of studies with like happiness and joy and to see if those chemicals that are released during those emotions can be passed down as well but I mean if one can what's to say another one can't yeah
1: know? and then we don't know our great 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 grandparents mm-hmm. so we have no idea why we are today why we are the way we are mm-hmm. today there is something I read or another, what kind of traumas they went through you know yeah
0: I, I read another article um by Samantha Knowles um it's called Breaking the Cycle of Generational Curses. Um, and I I stated earlier that it's mostly prevalent, this, like, generational curse thing is mostly prevalent in families of color, right? So when you think of, like, people who are not of color, like, let's just say uh, wasps, right? You know what that is? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Wasps are white Anglo-Saxon Americans. So basically white people with European descent, what you would call like white people, right? Okay. <laughs> and um I missed that. Here one. comes the train. Basically what that kind of supports is that, you know, they although everybody suffers, you know, every race has something, whether it's a famine or wars or whatever, um, it's known that like white people have suffered less as compared to colored people at least in america right we can make that comparison mm-hmm. so then could it be that epigenetics is at work here as well like they don't see generational curses as much maybe they're not inheriting all these stress chemicals that cause harmful habits later on in life poverty Three generations drug addiction mm-hmm, exactly because they have been they've had the upper hand right in society when it historically like yeah i don't think anybody they've, can they've just lived mean, a ha- pretty privileged life so right. so it it kind of supports it um but there's people out there like Kevin Mitchell he's an associate professor of genetics and neurology at Trinity College in Dublin um he disagrees obviously he says that there's not enough evidence like we've said And that um, this study is being kept alive through sensationalism. Mm. So basically everybody is writing about it on newspapers and making a big deal about it because it sounds freaking crazy, right? Like your emotions can literally trigger what happens to your generations to come. But um, that's what he's claiming. What do you think? I think that there's evidence for it. Obviously, there needs to be more studies on it. Um, I don't know when the studies for like the world, <laughs> for the World War Two survivors happened, uh-huh. or the Dutch famine. Like when these studies were, you know, took place. Yeah. Um. So we know that research has come a long way since then. Um. And I've read research. That was, you know, created back in like the 1950s. And it's not very scientific. So, yeah, I do think that that needs to be looked into. I'm glad that they're doing it on mice, but we have a different anatomy than yeah. mice, you know. So there definitely needs to be more evidence. Um, but, I mean, even if we look at some of the things that are around us now. So, like fetal alcoholic syndrome, right, mm-hmm. which is when a pregnant woman drinks and her drinking causes stress upon her body that is then transmitted to like the fetus um, and it directly affects the like, normal development of the utero right so we can see how somebody's actions and like the stress levels that are in their body now do affect and we can see that because we have this syndrome So it's, it's prevalent. You can see it even now. It's not like, oh, this is a study that was a long time ago and there's no evidence for transmitting these things. But that's like the main, um, problem with this whole study, I guess, is they're saying that it, the biology doesn't add up. Like once you have egg cells formed and women are born with all the eggs they're ever going to have in life. So all their DNA is already packed in there. Mm -hmm. How is it communicated? From the brain to that cell to be able to mutate it, right? Um, men, they constantly regenerate sperm cells. But at the same time, it's basically saying, okay, we're transmitting this chemical and we're telling it that once you conceive, which is crazy, like yeah. it's in your body, but at conception, like you're telling it to completely change or to not be active, right?
1: It's like a shuffle of the cards. And then that's another thing.
0: Every chemical that the that bonds together DNA during conception, mm-hmm. and it reshuffles everything. And once you know the sperm, the sperm and the egg cell meet, and it's a constant shuffle. So how can this one chemical survive all that?
1: That's wild.
0: Okay, so what are some
1: different types of
0: generational curses? It could honestly be anything that's detrimental to you, um, but some examples are like. Divorce, addictions, unhealthy relationships. Poverty. Poverty. Disadvantages throughout family history. Um, We were also talking about a few of our own, right? Like fear and phobias could also be part of generational curses. Mental illness. Um, And even expectations, right? Things that society expects of women and men. Very true. So... Do you want to go into maybe some that you have experienced personally?
1: Yeah. um, Two that come to mind with my family is lack of physical touch with my grandma. (laughs) Grace is biting into a quesadilla. Um, So basically, lack of physical touch. Um, My grandma admitted that her mother wasn't very physical and loving when it came to like Physi- with when it comes to like showing love mm-hmm. physically. And um, just actually a few months ago, my uncle had came in and asked me and my mom at a random, like, hey, does uh does mom ever hug you? Does grandma ever hug you? And I was like, not. And I had to stop and think. And I had to literally be like, not really. But I forced it on her. Like, I'll grab her and be like, hi, grandma. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, hi. And she takes it. Yeah. But uh, then my mom kind of had to stop and be like, you know what? No, she was never really like that growing up. She didn't raise us like that. Right. And uh, so we kind of thought about it. And then I asked her, I should have asked my grandma. She said that, yeah, there was no physical touch in the family like that when it came to showing love. And um, so my mom kind of like when I was younger, she would like, she would show love, but it wasn't like, oh, come here now. Mm -hmm. She's like that. But I feel like it was kind of like Uh, I don't remember it being, like, a prominent thing. Right. So I feel like it was because she didn't get hugged a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's a lot – I think it's a pretty common thing in um, a lot of families. I
0: have that in my family, too. Growing up, it was weird for us to show any kind of affection. Mm -hmm. Even, like, a simple, like, I love you is weird even now to this day. It's like, what do you want? Or, like, why? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, like, off. Like, I feel weird sometimes, like – Hugging on my brothers and like wishing them a happy birthday, for example, you know, which is like a normal thing in any of
1: anybody else's family, but And,
0: and I could do that with anybody else, do like our friends, like you know, but for some reason with my family it's really hard to open up and be um, like the affectionate person that I feel inside, you know? Do you feel like
1: family takes it like, uh, you're showing weakness? Cause I feel like that's somehow how some families take it. Like,
0: yeah. So another thing in our family is like, we don't really express our emotions. Right. Mm -hmm. So my mom taught me to be like, she's, she used to call it like be a matcha, like, don't cry. Like don't fucking show that you're like showing this emotion of weakness. That's, her take on it. And she told, she always used to tell me as a kid, like you hide that, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Don't um, let them see you cry. Yeah. Thing. Or kind of just take it on the chin sort of deal. Yeah. But then you grow up and you're like, what the fuck? Like crying is normal. It's a natural emotion. Yeah. And if you need to get it out, you need to get it out. If you're sad, it's okay to be sad. Like yeah. you don't need to be putting this front up for who, who am I trying to sound tough for? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And, um, it's not just my immediate family, my extended family. Mm-hmm. They are all like that. It's hard for us to have an open, honest conversation about any kind of um, personal happenings, right? Yeah. Um, whether that's, like, something that they're going through mentally or, you know, health-wise. Like, it's hard. Like, they don't open up, really. And
1: do you think that that came from your grandparents?
0: with your parents? It's hard to say because my grandma is very affectionate. Okay. Um, my grandpa, I didn't really know him too, too much. Um, he was older when like we started seeing him and then like, he unfortunately died within like six or seven years, you know? Oh, okay. So I'm not really sure how he was, but for sure, like the, the message in my fa and my whole family is like, you don't let other people know what you're thinking and you don't let other people one up you. So because of that, like I've even had cousins that like have killed themselves, you know, mm-hmm. I notice that there's a lot of um, depressive acts and messages sometimes that my family posts on Facebook. You know, and it's so crazy because, like, why can't why is it easier to post something on a platform than just being able to reach out to somebody that's supposed to be your family and support you, right? And being open and honest about what you're going through, it's really hard. There's always almost, like, almost like a shame to it in my family, you know. And that's something um, you know that like I have had anxiety, really bad anxiety, and I think it was the first time that I was honest with myself and was like, I can't deal with this on my own. I need to be honest with everybody. Yeah. Once I started being honest, dude, it was like a weight was lifted. It was something that I felt um like I can actually ask for help, like and like feel good about something that could be so like seen as a weakness. Like a stigma almost. Yeah. And it felt great. Like I feel I, I wish more people would open up for my family like that and then they'll realize like we're all here for each other we really are like I love yeah. my whole family and I know that everybody else loves each other but we're never gonna say that to each other right and
1: I think too mental <clears throat> mental illness in general some especially like uh boomers they kind of like think oh just go for a walk you'll be fine or oh, mm-hmm. go get some sun they don't want to admit that mental illness is real yeah. uh, my grandma she The doctor has tried to put her on antidepressants because my grandma has very heavy anxiety, depression. She's been through a lot of traumatic uh, events. And I feel like she's just so against any kind of medicine because she thinks it's drugs. She thinks it's against her religion. Mm -hmm. So she just lives with it, which, okay, she lives with it. But, like, my mom shows signs and she's been diagnosed with depression and anxiety and PTSD from something that happened to her And it's kind of like, okay, my mom chose to take pills, so she broke it as Mm -hmm. far as the mental illness thing goes, because a lot of, especially in Hispanic families, um, they don't want to believe that you're actually, there's something wrong with you. They're kind of just like, oh, you're having a bad day. You're fine. Get over it. Oh, chin up, like you said. But um, I think me and my mom definitely broke that because my mom understands my mental illness. I understand hers when we're having a bad day. It doesn't need to be justified like, oh, you're just having a bad day or, oh, you just this and this happened. We're just like, hey, we're having a bad day, and we understand each other, and we talk it out. Whereas, like with my grandma, even to this day, uh, it's hard to explain to her that you're having an off day. Right. She just tells us to go for a walk yeah. or go take a drive, and it's like, okay, yeah, those are things that can help, but there's still a stigma more behind to it. it. Mm-hmm. There's a bigger
0: problem at hand. Yeah, that yeah. we're
1: aware of. Right. But with her, it's kind of like no.
0: Yeah. You're good. <laughs> I have a few generational curses, some that I've broken, some that I haven't. Okay. Um, I was kind of just reflecting on myself. Yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to bring something to the table. But I think one of the biggest ones was um, unhealthy relationships. I've noticed that in my family, females tend to stick with unhealthy relationships or um, partners that aren't completely faithful or in it for them, you know, for the couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a pattern like that I've seen not only in like aunts and uncles, but my own parents, my grandparents, both sides. You're saying as in like, they don't want to leave because like they try to make things work to a point that it's like, there's nothing here to salvage anymore. Like there's so much damage that has been done that you can't like, there's, it's not salvageable. You know, they
1: would be happy without.
0: Yeah. There's been situations where like, um, I know people that have like had affairs, um, and still live with like the person that like they were married with, married to, Mm -hmm. because it's either against the religion or the family's gonna be you know shunned upon it or whatever, and it's like, but you guys would be so much healthier, uh, happier, Happier, and healthier, like just going about your business, get a divorce, move on. It's like that fear of not being able to make
1: it or um maybe they stay for religious purposes mm-hmm. or maybe they don't want to be the center of attention when it comes to family like mm-hmm. you know like compared to other family members who are happy i don't know it's you're right though it's definitely a thing cuz mm-hmm. i've seen it
0: multiple times yeah in my own experience um i am a like child of a what was a broken home right Um, My parents would constantly be arguing. It was a toxic environment. I remember being a child and telling my mom Why don't you just get a divorce like you're not doing us any favors if you're sticking it out for your children, you know, like we're miserable here Um, and She eventually did she eventually like left them, but we were grown. I know a huge part of the reason why she didn't leave earlier was because of us, you know and it's like, it's thoughtful, but at the same time, it's like, let's evaluate the situation. What benefit is it giving us? If we're sticking, if we know we're in this house together. Yeah, we live together, but we're not happy. None of us were happy. Yeah. You know, so what are we doing here? You know, and that was one thing that I always told myself, like, I'm never going to force a relationship relationship. That isn't already naturally a happy one, you know? It's just not in me. I went through something like that.
1: You put a lot of trauma on your children by trying to force this happy family, Mm -hmm. fake marriage when it's not. They know it's not. And you know it's not. And your partner knows it's not. And most likely your family out from the outside can see that it's not. So you're not doing anyone any favors. Exactly.
0: So that's one thing that, like, I'm still progressively working on. Like, I mm-hmm. just want to make sure that if I do end up having a life partner, get married, and all this stuff, that it's somebody that's in it because they care for me. Mm-hmm. They do take um the life we've built together into consideration. And it's not just a pastime for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And
1: I think that a lot of people, too, get married and they have kids. And then they use kids as a reason to stay and stick around. And it's like. Your kids want to see you happy. I'm sure
0: eventually, yeah. you know. I know it's hard when you have babies, but once your kids are old enough to see what's going on, because I've seen it, I can honestly say your kids will be happy as long as you're happy. Mm-hmm. If you're miserable and sad, your kids are also going to be sad. You know, so there's no point of sticking it out. If <laughs> are you done <dead> making this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, catch all Holy that? Yes, I could catch all that. It catches the train from two miles away. <laughs> sorry guys (laughs) if uh, what was i saying (laughs) it's not worth it it's not worth sticking it out if it is like completely like i'm not saying like don't try to work things out if you've had a little hiccups here and there no what i mean is if you both have had so much clashes you literally don't see eye to eye on anything it's starting to become miserable for the other members in your family yeah it's just a toxic constant environment then it's probably time to reevaluate and let go and find somebody that makes you happy and makes your kids happy and
1: let your partner find somebody that makes them happy and vice versa whatever
0: exactly um and like along with that since we're talking about families and kids right
1: mm-hmm. um
0: what about like male and female like social expectations that have been passed down through generations like children having children like, having children or expectancies of, like, marriage or, you know, like, you have to do this because everybody has done this. It could also be with
1: careers, too. Yeah. Your dad did this, so you need to do this. It's exactly. like you're expected to just follow the same path. Mm-hmm. You don't get to actually have your own journey or be your own person right. because you're right. it's, it's there's certain
0: rules that are expected with some families. Mm-hmm. That's That's not right. Like, I feel like in my family, I'm constantly being asked, oh, when are you going to have kids? Or when are you going to get married? You know? Us too, and it's probably one of the most annoying questions yeah.
1: I've ever. I almost want to lie and be like, I can't have kids, so they can leave me alone.
0: I honestly just want to be like, it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> I went that route. It doesn't do anything. They still laugh.
1: But, um, yeah, definitely, I feel like, especially with me, like, I broke the generational curse of teenage pregnancy with my grandma being pregnant really young, my mom getting pregnant with me, and I told myself, like, I want to do what I want to do in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And eventually being a mother will be there for when I'm ready, but right now I kind of want to be selfish, and I saw how my grandma struggled, I saw how my mom struggled, and it just wasn't for me. Like, I feel like I have, there's more purpose to my life than that, which, it's I'm not saying that it's not, being a mother isn't. It, it's a perp. you're serving a purpose but I feel like for me there's just so much more of the world I want to get to explore that you know, my mom and my gra- grandma didn't get to right they fell into like the domesticated role and then my mom wasn't ready to be domesticated so young mm-hmm. you know she got bought a house she got proposed to she got married and she still wasn't
0: happy I was going to say that. So like I constantly think about like, okay, like these people are asking me all the time. When are you going to have a kid? So what am I just supposed to like be in a random ass relationship just to have a kid and not be able to take care of that kid and not be happy because the person that I with took off? You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that I don't think people like factor or care about. But when it's you, like, you're obviously thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was my number one deterrent when it came to that. Like, I don't want to be, like I said earlier, I don't want to be in a shitty relationship. You know, I want whoever I'm having a kid with to be a parent, to be a good mm-hmm. dad, you know. And to love you and be in
1: a healthy relationship with you so that you guys can prosper with raising a child. So you know, that it's we can not raise just a happy a, kid. Yeah, it's not just let, have a kid. Just have a kid. It's kind yeah. of like... People don't put the actual thought into having a kid. It's just like, well, I did it and it was fine. So you go ahead and do it. Yeah. It's well, what doable. if I want, well, I don't want more it to for my be kid? Doable. Yeah. What if I want more <laughs> for my kid than I could give myself? And right. what if right now I can't financially give myself what I want or what I need, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just feel like uh, with that comes it never ends. You have a kid when are you gonna get married or if you're not married already yeah when you, that's true what are you gonna have when you have a kid right you get married When are you gonna have another yeah. like fuck
0: off What when are you gonna get a house <laughs> what are you gonna do this when are you gonna change it never fucking you- ends. Yeah, there's it always something never
1: ends it's just a constant fucking thing so um let people make their own decisions you know and if you're the one breaking that generational curse and all your siblings are having kids and good for them but don't feel bad and don't feel yeah. rushed into that role of being a parent it's like social
0: peer pressure almost like really we talk is. about peer pressure in teenagers but like really peer pressure never goes away it doesn't so it- be strong guys sometimes it's hard you're gonna have to sometimes go against your family's wishes you know but if you're true to yourself and this is the path that you really want then trust me it's gonna be worth it like
1: you know what's best for you
0: yeah So that brings me to another curse um that I personally have gone through. Um but that I think I like I actually broke through with this one, right? So it's like don't talk like the whole don't talk back to your parents or like
1: respect your, your elders. Right.
0: Like how how is it that generational curses are broken? You need to communicate that to the people that taught you them and set obviously. boundaries. Yeah. And so obviously those people are going to be your parents, your grandparents, and I'm not saying disrespect them, but there's going to be times when you're going to have to go against their wishes and you're going to have to stand your ground. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's, that's one of the ways that the only ways that they're going to know that this type of behavior is not not okay okay with you, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't serve your purpose in life. And that can cause issues. But, like, again, you just got to stay true to yourself and keep going. Um, Mm. I felt like me and my mom had had many discussions, talks about different things where I'm just trying to show her my perspective because I don't agree with what she was telling me, you know. I see life through a different lens. And I'm trying to get her to at least understand me. I'm not trying to change her. I know that some people are set in their ways. Um, but I do want her to understand me. I do want her to know where I'm coming from and not just think that I'm going against her for the sake of going against her.
1: And by doing that, you are getting her to understand you better and know you better because I had to do the same with my mom. Yeah. Um, I almost felt like I didn't really understand my mom or the things that she would, the way she would look at life or just in general, like the way she would see things or judge people, mm-hmm. um, but then I realized that, you know, it kind of had to like get to know her to understand and same with me. She had to get to know me and there had to been boundaries were set, you know, and I'm so happy because I think as an adult, you do that with everybody and anybody, yeah. but family thinks, I think for some reason family likes to think, well, I'm your family. So you don't do that to me. No, right. like the last, um, you know, the last, conversation I think that me and you had had about toxic family members mm-hmm. in the last two podcasts ago it was just about cutting people out that don't if you express it everything that you're saying is like hey don't do this it hurts my feelings hey don't do this I don't like this hey um you know I didn't appreciate you doing that and they still don't care then you sometimes need to push family away and it sucks it's the hardest thing mm-hmm. but it, you need to protect especially if you do have a family and yeah. it's you and you know, you're, you're going to protect your family. And that's a generational curse that I feel like a lot
0: of people do not want to break. Right. And, guys, not just because you bring these things up and you have an argument means that you're pushing family away. You're not. To be honest, me and my mom have never been closer than we are now. Me and you my know? mom, too. We're, like, I've,
1: best friends now.
0: Yeah. Just like how you said, like, how you start that dialogue, right? And they mm-hmm. get to know you better. You get to know them better. And you find, like, this common ground of understanding, especially if you both hold your positions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is what I believe. This is what you believe. And you're okay. two
1: adults seeing eye to eye. It's right. not like you're, uh she's more superior because she's the mother and you're the child. Like, it's, you guys are both adults, right.
0: so. And I think that's what it was for me. It was, like, being seen as, like, uh, an adult and being respected for my thoughts and beliefs because, obviously, she's forever going to see me as her child. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I can't make observations of the world on my own and come to my own conclusions and that's something that she was so adamant about like no i'm your mother i know what's best like i've been through it you know yeah she would tell me all the time like sabe mas el diablo por viejo que por diablo which means the devil knows more because he's old rather than because he's the devil like it's not it's not so much your experience it's how long you've been around and i'm like no that's not true because even though you've been around The experiences that you've had do not in any way coincide with mine. So I've seen life through a different lens.
1: Yeah. And who's to say that you haven't had your own
0: experiences through life? Exactly. Similar ones, right? Similar. Mm -hmm. And had come to different conclusions based on my own personality. Yeah. So, yeah, I think honestly, um, for me, it was like that lack of honest communication and emotional expression that I've been working on mostly. Mm -hmm. But also education.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. I was thinking about it with education, and um, my grandma didn't get to graduate because she got pregnant young, and as did my mom. I'm definitely, I feel like I did graduate high school, so I kind of did break the generational curse there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my cousins did too, which is really awesome because I don't think education was very much pushed on um, my uncles and my mom, so... It's really cool to see that cycle broken, you know, and I think I hope the best for our children someday that education is going to be taken more
0: serious because it is important. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you? With me, it was like I always thought it was important. Like it was one thing super important for me to get my degree because of this, because I did notice that like in my family, education wasn't made a priority. Mm -hmm. And I always knew like it leads to better opportunities, you know. Yeah. To do something that you love, that gives you purpose, that, you know what I mean? Like, Actual careers, yeah. right um, It also taught me how to be, like, self-aware of my flaws. And I think that was the biggest thing. Like, I don't think that you can break any of these curses without being self-aware mm-hmm. and reflecting on your own life, things that have happened to you why you have failed at some things like these are all, these can all be deciphered. And I feel like with education, you build those tools to be able now to break something like a generational curse. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really hard to do that without being honest with yourself and knowing that just because something is unpleasant that it like you can't just keep going you know? it
1: takes dedication it's just like working out you know anyone yeah. can lose weight anyone can gain weight mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to do but it takes work right. and because uh it's almost like okay imagine you don't know anybody at all that you've seen lose weight or it's kind of like and you try to go do it it's hard of course mm-hmm. it's hard you're gonna struggle I feel like education's the same it could be discouraging towards a, for a lot of people whose family didn't take it serious or whose family don't push it
0: And like my family, my mom always pushed it. She graduated high school. My dad went up to like middle school, I think, you know, but it was always that was always pushed on me. But I I saw the value in that, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, they're pushing this. I don't want to do this. No, like I know I knew from day one, like if I don't want to be in this environment, if I don't want to work like my parents work hard, you know, like I have to be able to find a career where I'm getting paid money to take more time off than I am being in the office. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that comes with education. And like I said, to find something that you love to do, not just like a nine to five job, like something that you don't mind going into the office in every day or and something you know. where it's like security, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's something that I'm breaking with my education is like, I'm not stuck in like, literally a job that like, well, I hate my job. Yes, but it's we not, all do. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's not like this hard labor. I can get hired anywhere for minimum wage type of deal. You know, I actually have an opportunity to build a home and go on vacations and, you know, take trips, whatever it is that I like to do, mm-hmm. um, because of my education, you know, yeah. and not be struggling the rest of my life. So. Yeah. And eventually if a child does come, I'll be able to take care of it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and you'll be able to teach that child right. stuff about the world and life. <laughs> yes. I'm full of insights here. Griselle is very
1: educated <laughs> and she's very smart and intelligent and That's debatable.
0: <laughs> no, it's debatable. not up for debate.
1: It's not up for I debate. I can show you my diploma though. <laughs> exactly why it's not up for debate. She's educated.
0: Edumacation. You're like Meg the
1: Stallion with a degree Oh, I love my Megan. She's
0: edumacated. I know. I just don't like her hottie sauce. Girl, you could do better. I still got to try it. It didn't make me do, like, hands to the knees.
1: <laughs> it didn't serve that. Pr- it no. didn't give what it, was say- what it was saying it was supposed to be. No.
0: I wanted it to be, like, twerking on, like, tables by the time I finish that chicken sandwich. I want spicy. I want it to burn my mouth Megan, Popeye, sponsor us. Okay, so another generational curse that I have is um, fear and phobia, like breaking fear and phobias. Why is it bad and why we need to look to break these things? What do you think about that? Do you think like fears and phobias can be transmitted from generation to generation? I, I really
1: definitely do. Um, You see your parents worrying a lot as a kid and always being afraid to make moves. So then you feel like, oh, it's scary. Moves are scary or, you Mm -hmm. know, um, my parents are always stressed out. So I'm going to, I feel like you kind of like, those are trauma responses. Yeah. You know, so I feel like definitely for sure. You're almost like inheriting
0: their mannerisms. Their problems and their, the way they handle their love. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, their problems. So I was just uh, looking at my dad and like, he always does this thing with his face where like, when he gets embarrassed, he slaps it, like half of it. So <laughs> oh. you see half of his face and then the other half between his fingers. But then he starts laughing. He goes... <laughs> and my grandma does the same does shit. She? Yeah. And I noticed that when I get embarrassed, I do this. <laughs> That's I like... Put, yeah, like I put my hands up against You have your sides. own version of it, though. Yeah, I'm just like... I don't laugh, though. I'm just like... oh You're just like... Oh. That sound plays in my head.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: I'm dead. <laughs> One major thing I feel like somehow gets transmitted between generation and generations, like alcoholism or drug, drug addictions Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that arises from trauma. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily think that, oh, because your parents do it, then you're going to do it too. It's just like, I feel like the environment has to play with it, but also the opportunities that you get tend to be the same in any similar type of environment.
1: Yeah, I think, like, uh, the same with, like, in and being in and out of jail, you know? like oh, yeah. I feel like that's a big generational curse, too, is, like, they, f- a lot of people feel like um, the system holds them down and holds their family down and, like, they just end up in the same, fo- like, shoes as their family members yeah. and in and out of jail. It's, like, a fucking, it's a tough thing to break. That dog agrees with us. That dog <laughs> fucking barking at me when I was on walking up here. I was no. like, you want to fight or what? <laughs> like, Come at me, bitch.
0: That's what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> no, I was just like,
1: really? Are you barking at me still?
0: No, like, I, I do feel like, think about it. If you, if your parents go to, like, college, you're more likely to go to college. Mm-hmm. If your parents end up in jail, you're also more likely to end up in jail. Yeah. You know?
1: And, too, I think it's like a... Uh, your parents sometimes the way you pl- they play out things like oh mm-hmm. you know college wasn't that bad you should try it. then you're kind of like oh it's not that bad or like if they say jail's not that bad you know <laughs> then you're just like oh well fuck it fuck jail uh, it's not that bad I'm i fr- I'm not afraid of it anymore. yeah it's I was it's doing a, a dance tour. night tonight
0: it is just <laughs> on and popping. Six o'clock on a fucking Monday. I like Tori's little dance. It's a little it's a little bit of a sway. Uh-huh. My ponytail was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. By the way, Tori just got like blinged out teeth this week. <laughs> and I can't stop staring at them. Wait, did you is this your first time seeing them? No. I oh. saw you last week, but I just didn't acknowledge it. It looks really good <laughs> when I wear
1: lipstick. Just saying. I like it actually. Right now. I told Jeff I was like, um, how does someone go from like a ten to like solid three without makeup? And he was like, I don't know. How do you? And I was like, ah! How do you go from a 10 to a solid 3? Yeah, without makeup. Like, I feel like when I'm done up, like, bitch, I'm fucking
0: 10. <laughs> but when I'm not, I'm like a fucking 3. No, you're not. Oh, my no. God. Yes, I am. That, that tooth alone is like a 1. So <laughs> this tooth alone is just like a solid 1. <laughs> <laughs> Adding on to this, the rest of my fucking- No. You're like a... Seven. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's okay. See, I this? am a six without makeup. No, you're like a. No, you look the same no, whether without. Look it. at this. Look at these eyeball oh holes. But here we go. Projecting our insecurities I into need each other to a botox in my life.
1: I want a lip filler so it can be like a duck lips. Griselle's trying
0: to convince me to keep my Christmas tree all year. There's nothing wrong with that. Then you could decorate it for Valentine's, for your birthday. It could be your birthday tree. It's going to be my birthday tree. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking narcissistic. Why? This is my tree. It's my birthday tree. my birthday tree. special with me on the fucking top instead of a star. We can make ornaments with your face on them. Oh, yes. You got to do it. With the blinged out teeth. Just keep it. If all else fails, if it starts to die, we'll go and, like, dump it in a dumpster late at night. Okay, we're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. So, yeah, I think the environment has to do a lot with, like, passing on generational curses and maybe um, traumas as well and how you handle them, you know? So.
1: Um, I saw here. I'm peeping at her notes. I saw in your notes that it says religion plays a big part. Ding, ding, ding. I feel like, Yes
0: yes so. i think this could be a full episode all on it no own. it can um i feel like with religion it both hinders but also shapes our actions mm-hmm. you know and when things are passed down from generation through generation with religion at least it becomes like solid in families right like it's hard to break things that are based on religion for example Mm-hmm. divorce yeah you know how it's ma- like a frowned up pun thing yeah we've already discussed this a little bit earlier but like how many families stick it out and are miserable because they refuse to get one because of religious reasons mm-hmm. because they'd either be outcasted by their families or the church or what have you you know yeah and it's like you're stuck in these situations that are just shitty when you can be showing your children like it, it's okay to like and do what makes search you happy happiness. yeah yes. and you wrote Also, like
1: the LGBTQ community, um, the way people judge them and the way they treat LGBTQ community is kind of wrong, especially when it just has something to do with the religion. Like, oh, they're going to hell. I mean, like, they're actually contradicting themselves by
0: judging them. I agree. And doesn't the Bible say love everyone? Yeah. So why is it that this community is being outcasted? You yeah,
1: know? and they, as a community,
0: could be religious in their own ways as well. Oh, so yeah. So what do you gonna I, say? That they're not going to
1: go to heaven or hell because... Honestly,
0: I know a lot of um, LGBTQ plus members that are religious. Yeah. You know? I do, too. And they don't, they don't, nec- obviously, they don't go to church because of how others will feel about them, but they themselves have their own spirituality. Yeah. Their own Which way. they're allowed to, Yeah, you know? of course. Their but own for other of people to make them... Because of the situation that That they have based on their community. Yeah, that they're up against, basically. Exactly. You know, and one of those things, the reason I wrote that was actually, I was thinking, um, like, how many people have been outcasted by their families because they've come out as being gay or lesbian or bisexual or, you know, transgender? Yeah. Or something else. And it's like, these people are allowed to be happy. Again, are they supposed to go their whole lives just pretending like, they shouldn't be themselves. No. They shouldn't be happy with themselves and pass that on to children they may not have wanted with somebody they do not love, yeah. you know? It's, it's sad. I don't know. Like, I feel like religion plays a huge part in generational curses, and we need to start not only questioning them but really speaking out against them if we are to change that. And I feel, honestly, Tori, I feel like we're kind of heading in the right direction. Times are when it changing, dude. Yeah.
1: Times are changing, and I'm happy. Me and there's too. a lot of people out there that are like, <laughs> I don't like how they're teaching. Uh, how they're, you know, Disney has like the um, little part on Disney Plus that's like show, showcases a lot of like kids coming out or people yeah. accepting their sexuality, and a lot of people that bothers people. But why should that bother anybody? Mm-hmm. It's not pushing. Everybody thinks, oh, it's teaching my son or daughter to be gay. It's pushing them to be gay. No, it's making them feel accepted. It's making them feel safe to come out versus yeah. committing suicide or, like, you know. dating themselves. Yeah. Getting
0: bullied for it from yeah. other people.
1: I, I think the newer generations <coughs> to come have it so easy, and I'm glad. Because they should have always had it easy, yeah. you know, when it comes to that. Did we like talk it. about the...
0: Wait, I had a story. Oh, okay. Actually, it just happened this weekend, and I'm, I'm actually a little, like, <laughs> proud of my lineage right now. would you do? What'd you do? <coughs> no, um, I don't know how the topic came up, but, like, we got in, oh, because I asked my dad, I'm like, what's there to do around here, right? Um, and... For the record, um, Grizz just came
1: back from Mexico. She went to go visit her dad.
0: Yes. And I asked him, like, what's there to do around here? Because, like, it looks popping, but, like, where are these people going? Mm-hmm. and he said, like, oh, well, there's, like, a club, and then there's, like, this and that, and then there's, like, a gay club, but that's over there, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, and then he kind of asked, he kind of was like, yeah, there, there didn't used to be so many gays in this, in this village, and I was like, no, there's probably always gays, but you just, you know, they just weren't out. You're just paying attention to them. Yeah, <laughs> and then he asked my grandma, he's like, huh, mom, like, there wasn't a lot of gay people here, and my grandma, I thought she was going somewhere negative with this but because she, she answered, gay, what's that? I don't see that. And I was like, oh, my God. My You're grandma, like, for the record, is, like, the most conservative Mexican you've ever freaking met. Like, she's so political, whatever. Anyway, she's a conservative Mexican, and I thought, okay, here we go. You, you were know? like, ding, i to get my boxing gloves on. Yeah, I'm like, all right, time to break this generational curse. But then she surprised me. She was like, um, I don't see gay or straight or anything like that. They're oh. all humans. They're all children of God. And I was like, okay, Come grandma. On. I know. I was like, switching up her fucking mindset. Yeah. Thing. And then she kept going. She's like, yeah, like, first of all, <laughs> oh no. And then my dad made a comment like, oh yeah, like when they're around, you know, like, I, I'm just like, Still weirded out by it, but, like, obviously they deserve to be here, da da, da 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 And she's like, why are you weirded out by it? It's not like they want you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she said they ain't going after you, sir. Yeah, it was the funniest thing. And then I was just, like, so, like, dumbfounded because I literally thought she was going somewhere else with Aww, it. She... And she, like, compl- like I felt like, hell yeah. like She's accepting. It's almost like a reverse generational curse. Like, here's a parent now telling her son like look you need to be more accepting like these are all children of god yeah like i don't see and especially and that. bringing god into it that's all. i know that surprised me it's cause... one thing if she was just like
1: they're they're just humans like us. yeah but she's saying they're they deserve which they are everyone's worthy of
0: god's love so right like i'm catholic i'll be straight up with you guys i'm i was born and raised in catholicism but I always believe that people should be allowed to love who the hell they want, you know, and be who the hell they are without being judged or hated for it. Yeah. And so I found that so touching when I heard that from her. You That's know? so good. Because we've never had a conversation about this, you know. So I was yeah. just like, a times are proud. changing, man. Like. Yeah, and I'm telling even you. the Pope came out and said, like, you know what? No, like we are accepting of anybody that is gay and. Catholic yeah, because if you're not, not you're this. turning them away from religion. You're turning them away from the knowledge of that you want to spread, you yeah, know? Yeah, I read and an article that um, Catholicism was losing a lot of members because of that, you know? So I know this is kind of, I'm not going to say a ploy, because I feel like this is the way it should have been from the beginning. But they are accepting of a lot of new modern ideas now, you yeah. know? And I am glad that this is one of them, and they're changing their opinion and their perspectives on it, so.
1: Yes yay <laughs> that sound <laughs> yay oh, the, oh. <laughs> no you did a
0: transition to one of the episodes oh, and the, i was yay it was all yay <laughs> i'll find it again i'll I add know. it here ready you do it i do it and then i'll play it ready okay. wait me first yeah <laughs> I can't. Yay. no no no, no. You i know
1: say, no dude. yay 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 I had too much Baja Blast.
0: (laughs) I'm fucking on one. Okay. Another way to break these generational curses. We've already talked about education a little bit. Another way to do so is through therapy.
1: We had a um, listener write in a pretty cool insert that kind of goes against the grain, but then it goes with it at the same time. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. They wrote, not a story, but my view on therapy That can coincide with generational curses. People in therapy are in therapy often times to deal with the fact that they feel they have nobody to talk to about their problems. What a lot of people don't often find, though, is that solely thinking the problem is everyone else is a major problem in itself. Sometimes people blame others as to why their life is unmanageable because they don't want to take accountability. For instance, my drinking. I blame the world for my drinking problems, yet all my problems came from drinking. If I would own up to maybe I have a drinking problem, these people would just want what's best for me. I just, I need help, not them. The issue can be worked on. We often, too, have a part in everything. We can't always blame others for issues. It's a never-ending cycle of blame. Today, I use acceptance to be okay with my life. Acceptance doesn't mean approval, but it helps me get through things I don't always agree with today. Much love.
0: I I like that. It's true. It's very true. Mm Mm-hmm. I was just thinking like I have a lot of examples where I feel like I've projected my insecurities or my bad habits out to other people because I feel that like I can't be honest with myself. You know? And that's a generational thing because my dad does the exact same thing, my mother does the exact same thing, and they both taught me. It's kinda like the like
1: the blame game, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. And that takes growth to recognize that is this me? How did mm-hmm. I act in what way to make this person feel this way? Right. Or like, you know, um, like he said, he had the drinking problem, <coughs> but he would try to blame um everything else around him until he realized that it was him. So right. therapy, like he said, acceptance is a huge thing, you know, and you can't control what others
0: do around you, but you can control yourself and how you react. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a combination of, like I said earlier, having the education to be able to critically think about your own actions Mm -hmm. and then putting that into practice to change it. Yeah, definitely. Um, And obviously therapy can be a huge help. It may need, you may need somebody like a therapist, a licensed professional to get you to realize like, fuck, you're right. I'm not just like trying to avoid this situation. It really is me. It's not the people around me. And I needed somebody of, quote unquote caliber to tell me that you know what I mean so education therapy can go a long way in breaking generational curses and healing your traumas I that's one of the things I had on my notes here too like (laughs) healing I think that's the next step if there is like a process to this you definitely have to heal all of your fucking traumas Mm -hmm. to be able to be strong enough to go and break those generational curses. Move forward and and confront family, you know, do whatever you need you need to do in order to get the substance. <laughs> the to- way you put you were so passionate about that. I feel like I have a lot of generational curses now that we're talking about this topic. It's
1: not easy to break them. It's like not. it's you get a lot of shit for breaking them. Mm-hmm. People look at you different like, huh, you're doing it this way. That's not how we do things around here. Yeah.
0: It's It takes a lot of courage. You almost become like the black sheep of the family in doing so sometimes. But you're doing
1: something good. Yeah,
0: and if it's like, again, something that you feel full-heartedly like, no, this is wrong. You know, this needs to change. Then you just got to it It's up to you ground. to do it. Yeah. Okay, guys to kind of send you off with some key points in case you're looking to break any generational curses of your own remember that generational curses tend to strive from your environment but you can always take steps to change your environment by putting in the dedication and putting in the hard work um, you can always lean towards what your heart is really telling you is right and that'll help prevent these curses from being passed on from generation to generation from you on. So, And with that, avoid peer pressure. Don't be afraid
1: to um, take a different path than your family members, especially if that has any kind of uh, detrimental factor to your life, being as drugs or drinking, you know, committing crimes. With that comes um, acceptance. Accepting that the generational curses are... Yours
0: to break. Um, it's your turn now. And healing. healing. Healing is the ultimate goal here, right? We tend to move away from these generational curses to a healthy lifestyle. What's the opposite of a curse? Like a blessing? Yes. These healthy blessings.
1: And like, it's not going to be easy. Um, it takes a lot of courage. If it was that easy, everybody would be breaking them. Anything worth doing is... It's going to take time and it's going to take that
0: hard work, like Grizel said, and shadow work. Shadow work, for sure. But it can be done. And there's always going to be things that get in the way. Don't strive away from your goals. Mm -hmm. Keep going. You can do it. (laughs) Talk to people in therapy if you need to. Get your education. Make that money. Change the world for the better. It's with Grizz and Tori. I here. am throwing my titties on the table. <laughs> the table's gonna laugh. It's like the dinosaur. <laughs> the dinosaur meme I'm where a, it's like I'm gonna ah. find it but put bling on its teeth.
1: <laughs> I'm stuck with this for six months, two years, so I'm accepting. Really?
0: Yeah. If anybody out there is good at, like, photoshopping, please send us a dino- that dinosaur meme where he's, like, laughing with Tori's <laughs> bling teeth. That would be perfect. And then I'm going to put it on my tree. Birthday tree ornament. It's your birthday.
1: My birthday's next month, by the way. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I don't know. Okay, so I guess we'll get into lyrical locals.
0: Lyrical locals. Hey guys, welcome to another segment of Lyrical Locals. Lyrical Local with Gazelle and Tori. Welcome, welcome, guys.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm fucking choking.
0: guys time for another segment of lyrical locals
1: Locals. and we have a band by the name of enemy proof
0: so uh, this song is called idiocracy and it's from their album nation underground
1: you can follow them on instagram at enemy proof and they have their music on spotify and apple music
0: so check them out
2: Idiocracy I wonder if it's only deadly and hysterically I'd say you one's point of view Of where our lives are going You and I both know it Although we don't show it we care Commodate. It's something that we can all laugh at, equality It's something that we all laugh at, divinity It's something we don't have in common, but stupidity It's something we all have in common Hey dude, where is your tattoo
0: by the band Enemy Proof
1: so guys we hope you enjoyed this episode remember keep it cool
0: under chaos love
1: you bye mean it all day at work I was thinking how I was gonna say mean it after that (laughs) (laughs) so stupid bye okay really though bye bye